Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Thanks for listening to the Hip Senior Podcast. Remember to subscribe, or you'll miss out on more inspirational stories that will make your golden years into platinum years. If you'd like to learn more about the senior services provided today, please visit us online at www.thehipsenior.com. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Marianne Bailey with the Hip Senior Podcast and Business Edition. And now we are on with Dr. Angela Anyakani with Seniority Wellness and Consulting. Angela, how are you today? I'm good, Marianne. How are you? I'm good. Forgive me, Dr. Anyakani. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Angie's good. Dr. Angela, Angela, whatever. Angie, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I um <clears throat> I am so intrigued about your business and and what exactly it is that seniority wellness and consulting does. So tell us um a little bit about your business. Um I'm dying to find out, you know, exactly what you do and how you got started doing this and um how you got into the niche market of, of um being working with seniors. So I, I am a uh, geriatric physical therapist. Um, I've been uh, practicing for 14 years and um, I am a Virginia native originally and earned my doctor of physical therapy degree from Virginia Commonwealth University. And I have been practicing in all settings, addressing older adults, geriatric clients throughout my entire career. I worked for home health agencies, um, skilled nursing facilities, assisted livings. I've done some outpatient. And um, when I moved to Cincinnati two years ago, I realized that there wasn't really, um, you know, a a niche or or something that existed for private therapy care for older adults that um, existed of someone coming to their house to give one-on-one care and provide a, a comprehensive approach to care. And so I started my own private practice in the, I say I officially launched probably like the fall of 2019 and just, you know, making mobile house calls. And I am a participating provider with Medicare. So I bill um, Medicare uh, out as an outpatient benefit, not through uh, Medicare as a home health agency. And um, I am uh, out of network with all other uh, insurance payers. So it allows me to um, going to the client's house because that's my preferred choice for how to provide care uh, in lieu of having a brick and mortar establishment and clients having to come to me. I feel like people um, get more hand, get more in-depth care when you can see their living environment and can kind of understand their overall lifestyle when you're in their personal space and you can address mm-hmm. risk factors and, and, and medical issues with them far above what you can if they had to come to me at a clinic down the corner on the corner. So, so you're, so you're seeing things like if they're a hoarder and they can't move around in their, in their house without causing like, you know, like if somebody kept falling yeah. and you didn't understand why, because they're in your office mm-hmm. and you're like, why are you falling? And they're, you know, denial. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But if you're in your home mm-hmm. and they're falling, then, you know, Hey, it's because they've got boxes of books and, and junk all over the place. Um, and that's, what's, what's a big cause of this, right? You're able and you to can see. Try to, 
yeah, you could try to make some environmental modifications, but I mean, there's no level of balance training you could do with someone knowing that that is an intervention for addressing falls. If you also know that the environmental risk factors that they have is contributing to their falls too. So it just, it's just, and, it, and it's, it's also lifestyle, like, you know, just their activity level. Are they sitting all day watching TV? Um, do they have a certain level of steps or, or physical barriers to their home that are contributing to their impairments than, the, than what you don't see if they were coming to you? And I just, I just like the freedom of being mobile. I like, you know, being able to offer a service that's convenient and accessible. People don't have to get a ride. They don't have to worry about if, okay, I didn't sleep well last night. I'm kind of moving slow today. I come to them, they can still be in their PJs. So, I mean, you know, it just makes it easier for the client, especially for people when they stop driving and they don't have access for someone to take them or if they do, and that's someone else that might have to take off of work or adjust their schedule. So it's just an all around comprehensive, you know, convenient, accessible means of giving care. Yeah. You know, when I'm out teaching um, in people's homes, I tell people, it's like, Hey, my corner window changes every day. The view yeah. out my window changes. And that's, um, that, that's really agreeable to me as well as that's part of being out in the community and meeting people and doing stuff like that. So do you, you find that you have a certain type of person that um, is more agreeable to having someone like you coming into their home than others do some people resist because they don't want you seeing like their living conditions or stuff like that no um i mean since i started my private practice not really i don't think that's really um something that people are ashamed of i i think i don't really have that as an issue at and i'm sure it likely could be but for the most part people are just appreciative that i do come to them and that they don't have to go anywhere especially when the weather is bad yeah um and that they you know know that i'm there to help them and 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 i establish a rapport in a sense that i am there to help and i'm not here to ju- make judgments or you know so I, I i try to establish a rapport with them even on a personal level that they feel comfortable that regardless of what their living space looks like, that I'm, I'm there to help. And I don't appear like I'm even uncomfortable being there because I am there to help. And I think that allows them to, you know, not feel any shame in whatever their home environment looks like. So. Did you, um, how much did you, um, as far as like, um, how much were you prohibited from like going into certain places? Like when COVID first started, was that an issue for you or. So when COVID first happened, I just, you know, like everyone else that, you know, you just stay home, stay shut in, you know, wasn't that there wasn't anyone that I was currently seeing that if I didn't, if I didn't keep going at that moment, that something was going to happen to them. You know, everyone Mm -hmm. that I currently had on my personal caseload was, you know, okay, I'm not coming right now. Let's figure out what, what's going to happen now. What's going to, you know, what's going to be, and then we'll pick up when we can. So that happened like middle March. I, I pretty much stopped all of my my services. Um, and and I like so many people who, you know, if they needed to be home, especially with having younger children and family and stuff, um, that's just what I had to, to tend to. So um, I just waited it out, and I I I converted to a virtual platform so that I could at least offer my expertise and knowledge through the computer, so people could reach out to me that way. 
That's going to be my next question. I was, <laughs> I was offering consults in the community, you know, just in my local community. If people had like musculoskeletal issues and they didn't want to, they knew they didn't want to make an appointment to go into a doctor's office to have it addressed, they could connect with me online. I could screen and assess them and, and, and tell them, okay, well, it's not this. It's not, you know, these aren't red flags and offer up some help. And I was doing that um, at no charge, you know, it was just, you know, no no strings attached. I just wanted to help people. And I wanted the experience of, you know, trying to help and connect with people virtually because it seemed like that's like a big push in where healthcare is going with doing telehealth consults. So it was a win-win for both, you know, and I was able to accrue some clients that way and, and also try to stay connected with the previous clients I had. Right. So that was like my pivot point. And then when May came and everything started to open up again, I was starting to get calls to come back or, or help new people that needed help. And I've just, I've just been back out in the community ever since. Now that, I, now that we're more educated on what to do, wearing a mask and the equipment that we need and all that to be safe and to, for me to keep the clients safe. And I just, I've been back out in the community ever since. So is it just, so you just focus on physical therapy with them? Is that, is that? No. No, no, no. So that, okay. that was another thing I, I needed to explain as far as like just the business title, you know, wellness and consulting. Yeah. It, it's an umbrella term to encompass multiple services for older adults. So I'm a physical therapist and yes, I provide skilled physical therapy, but I also do uh, wellness um, exercise support. So when I've seen someone for traditional therapy and they still want me to come and help them, you know, with exercise, um, then there's an option to um, pay out of pocket for that branch of services. Um, I also like to do um, community education seminars um, just to educate consumers about health, health related topics and just senior wellness and, and stuff. So, you know, that's also part of it. Um, consulting in a sense of, you know, people just looking for just overall advice um, with mom or dad, you know, I don't, I don't really market much of uh, someone that does a lot of advocacy or care management. That's not really what that's about, but it's just, you know, that I could at least be a resource to steer someone in the right direction for someone that's a little bit more proficient in that area to help them. So I didn't want to, you know, even though I'm a physical therapist, I didn't want to necessarily call my business physical therapy because I feel like so much of what I have to offer older adults is all encompassing with all kinds of different things that would help them. And I just so happen to be a physical therapist. See, I think that's amazing. I think there's such a need for um, people like you in all communities everywhere that are on a little bit more of a personal level and not always being, you know, nothing annoys me more than anything and to be into my doctor's office and feel the pressure that she's got to get onto that next, the next part, the next room, you know, and, and I, and I always seem to have a million questions or, you know, that I, that when I leave, I forget because I felt so pressured to, to, for her to hurry up. So if somebody's in, um, in a more personal setting, like their home and, and stuff like that, that, um, it's definitely, um, leads seniors to be more open, I think with what, what's going on with them and, and solutions to fix them. So and I, I have no everything that I, you do. financial <laughs> interest. I have no financial interest or connection to tying people to additional resources. I just realized that if I, if I can, if I see where you are struggling in a certain area, you know, of your life as a senior with getting older and aging well, and I can connect you to the right service or 
or a professional to help you, then what is that going to do for your your medical wellness as far as your your involvement with me as the therapist and helping you with your mobility and physical activity and just staying physically well to thrive at, at, at home or wherever you choose, you know? So a lot of times as therapists, we're, when you're dealing with older adults, you're faced with a lot of barriers to progress, progress for them to walk or be strong because they have so many other outlying issues that is not in your wheelhouse to really address, but you should be mindful of them and understand that those are barriers that, okay, these are the issues they ain't going to make, but they're not going to make with so much progress unless these things get addressed too. So I think it's helpful to have, um, an awareness of a mixed bag of resources to connect them to so that essentially the outcomes of how they, how well they do through my service line is, is what's going to help and be better. I mean, I'm, I'm really just trying to keep people out of the hospital and off the floor because falls are happening at an alarming rate. And from my view, it, I feel like so much of it could be avoided if only people were just, they had the, the best, they had better insight leading what's up to What's the number one reason for a fall? I can't really say no more reason as far as that I studied it and it's a statistic. Oh, I know this is the case, but um, I will say one that can easily be handled is, is medication mismanagement. You know, people will start on a new drug and it won't be explained to them certain risk factors that may affect them cognitively, physically. And therefore, if they're older and you know, they live alone, then maybe that for the first couple of days of the being on it, they that someone should be supervising them or checking in to make sure they're all right. They get they start on a new drug and then it's like, oh, I felt dizzy. Well, that could have been avoided if maybe they would have been better educated on some of the some risk factors for now being on this drug, and they are an older adult. And then someone, you know, looking after that. I've 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 encountered clients that have had falls with injuries for starting on a new medication. Like that was the change, you know, that's one thing. Um, another thing is, you know, people, as they get older, their bodies are changing, they're getting weaker and they don't exercise, you know, joints are getting stiffer. They, they don't do any type of physical activity beyond just getting up to walk to the bathroom or walk to the kitchen. And that's not enough. So if they have the right insight for the correct, you know, exercise and information about, okay, you're going to do this every day. That would make all the difference in them not physically declining that would cause a fall. But people start to see these changes in people that they know way beyond, well ahead of when the fall actually happens. And it's like, don't accept that that's okay and that that's normal because they're getting old. Like this needs to be addressed or something serious is going to happen. Right. Do you think that seniors are getting less exercise right now because of COVID with senior centers being closed and the gyms and it's bad. It's all that? really, really bad. I've actually, um, I've, I've extended my services for people longer than I typically might would because I know that if I'm no longer coming to support them and assist them, um, what, what will happen to them? Especially a lot of clients who live alone and don't have the support system of someone to assist and help them. I mean, they, they don't have as big of a motivation for being physically active if they can't go anywhere. If you can't go socialize, you don't have a wedding to look forward to or some family gathering that's coming up, what motivation do you have to be strong? And so you're shut in the house, you're isolated, you're alone, you're depressed, you're just watching what's going on in the TV and you're just sitting. I mean, it's, it's a chronic, horrible 
combination of issues <laughs> for people, older adults right now. Do you ever get brought into um, like senior homes and stuff like that by like the family individually to work with somebody that yes, maybe it's you have I, more expertise than the senior home does? Well, I, you know, I realized that, you know, keep in mind that no, no two providers know to do the same things. Everyone has, you know, whatever professional barriers or whatever with, with, with the realms of their business or whatever. I mean, it's, it's very liberating for me as an individual professional that it's basically my business and it's what I feel is appropriate for the person. They're definitely uh, gonna get more of a private experience, a more comprehensive and one-on-one -on -one experience and consistency, because it is me. Um, and so I have had um, opportunities of families that have found out about me that have brought me into the senior home to work with their family member. Um, and they might have had a therapist before from whoever was contracted with the facility. They might not have, um, but they know from me, they're going to get more of a in-depth view of that person to help to, you know, um, so it just, and, and it's, and, and I can do that. It's just, I just follow the guidelines for what the facility is requiring of me as an outside vendor that's coming in by way of the family's choice to service that resident, whether they need to see that I've had a TB test or that I have had a negative COVID test. I mean, whatever they need for me to right. help that, for me to get in, I will provide for them. Are they, are they pretty flexible with, with doing that? I've not had anyone give any pushback because essentially it is the it is the family's choice. Right, you know, right. They're not obligated to go with whoever is there. It's their it's their decision, and and their and them being in a facility is is no different than if they were in a residence. It's that's where they okay. live. That's their home. Sure. So as long as I'm following the facility's guidelines for what they require me, it shouldn't. It's never been an issue, and never have has a facility said no I think they're a little apprehensive at first because they don't know me you know it's mm -hmm. an outsider that's coming in especially now because it's COVID it's like well do we trust that this person is not going to spread anything here it's not bringing anything you know yeah and I understand that I totally understand that that would be there would be some hesitation there but I fortunately have not had anyone just outright say um no yeah. <laughs> you know I would think that they would be uh, really grateful that that you do come into places like that because, you know, they only have so many staff and so many people that are available to work with people. And if they've got a hundred residents or whatever, you know, it can be definitely fault, make it harder for them to get to everybody and to be able to schedule everybody in. So the more help that can help seniors in those cir circumstances, that the better. That is a good way to think about it. Um, it you know, that is a good way to think of it in a sense. However, you know, like I said, most facilities already do have an alliance with a, 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 a therapist type of business that they are associated with. So essentially when their residents are, do have needs, that's, that becomes their go-to immediately, which is fine. I mean, I totally understand. I came from a facility when I worked in Maryland, it was the same arrangement. Um, but families who become aware of me from, because of, what outside connections they have are more than welcome to say, this is our choice and she's coming in to see, and it's fine. It's been fine. Mm -hmm. So what else do you like to do besides being a wonderful, amazing physical therapist? <laughs> what, what, what other kind of things are interest you? Oh, well, <laughs> I definitely have <laughs> over the years 
really, you know, obviously taking to heart that what I do is something I enjoy. Um, my grandma, it was the reason why I became a, a, a geriatric physical therapist in particular. I mean, um, it's clear that I enjoy what I do and that I enjoy helping older adults. And for the most part, I'm grateful that at times it doesn't even feel like work. Right. Um, but I do have uh, a wonderful family that's uh, that's growing. <laughs> Um, with, what? with young with young people around um, <laughs> and um and so I definitely enjoy spending time with them as much as I can it's been great you know th that the COVID has caused a, a very understandable reset for a lot of us to spend more time with the ones we love and to really be present and at home and I haven't I have enjoyed that which is interesting for someone that's such an extrovert and loves to travel and go places and do things um, so the time I want you to go back to what you said growing. I want to know what you, what you meant by that. Is there something well, we don't know? <laughs> yes, I will welcome a third a third child sooner than later. Wow, so you're pregnant. Yes, yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. What are you doing? Thank you so much. Uh we only have four weeks to go. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. So. Congratulations. <laughs> so that'll be another uh thing added to my my brood but fortunately you know and it's interesting being a physical therapist you know because it's physical you know yeah I, I have not uh with any of my uh pregnancies have had any limitations with doing my job to its entirety up until the very end so nice uh I'm grateful uh for <laughs> my my associate who will be <laughs> covering for me briefly before uh, uh while my with during my recovery time and then I'll be right back so <laughs> Well, congratulations. That's exciting. I had no idea, guys. No idea. Thank you. It's all right. It's all right. I'm glad that you lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, oh. I get excited when I find out things that I don't know. No, it's all right. It's okay. Um, and I'm also an avid runner. I've done six marathons. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm, I try to stay in shape. To so do you travel to do around from state to state to do different marathons? Is that what you do? Or? No, it's not about that. It's, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, there's a story behind each one. Why, you know, but I have, since we moved here, I have done the pig. So that's okay. off the list. Check. And uh, I was fortunate to be selected by way of a lottery uh, to do the New York marathon, which is very iconic. Um, yeah. And that was on, on my birthday. It was, on, it, was, it was exactly on my birthday when I ran that race. Nice. So that was very, um, very iconic, very iconic. Um, but uh, like I said, there, there's there's a story that has occurred behind each one of why I chose to do that one. So right, yeah, I I like to. Did run. you win any of them? No, no, I'm not that fast. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not that fast, and I'm not trying to be beat anyone. I don't. I'm not trying to hurt myself. So yeah, I just I just enjoy that I can do it and that I'm not last. Okay. And I'm going to finish and finish strong. And um, yeah. So, so how old are your other children? Uh, five and three. Oh, those um, keep you but, busy. But almost, <laughs> um, but almost six and four. So we're on a, we're in an even year for, yeah. Nice. So, nice. They're good. Uh, I'm grateful that they're, that they're both in school full time. So that's, that's been a big help that their their schools are open and they're they've been there and been back have they been open or did they just recently go back no no they've they've been back since uh september when school started oh, okay mm -hmm. okay preschool and the, the public school yes 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 
How has, have they, so they've had to wear masks and stuff during, while they're there? Not the preschooler, but the, the kindergartner, yes. yes. How'd that go? Fine. Where's yeah. it? Like, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fine. Just fine. Mm-hmm. Because you see those kids, yeah, you see these kids around and you think, you know, how long did it take them to get used to wearing that? But I mean. Oh, no. You know, masks aren't a foreign thing. You know, medical care and everyone else have worn masks for years, you know, and children have seen this in TV shows and stuff like that. So it's not like, you know, we've asked them to have something completely foreign. But I imagine it's been a challenge for some people. If it's okay with you, it's okay with them. That's how I feel about children and how they adapt. When you're positive and you're, you don't seem, you know, down about something and this is the way it is and this is the new and they see this is what everyone else is doing. They they jump right on in and, and go right along. And it's the, Especially when it comes to food. If you're okay with eating pig's feed and, and collard greens and that's what your thing is, then your kids are going to love those things too, right? Oh, God. <laughs> the things I grew up that my mom ate that I don't eat. <laughs> okay, same here, but... But for the most part, you know, they, they, it's, it's really, some things are quite, um, I'll tell you a really quick story. Uh, a friend of mine had her husband passed away on Christmas Eve one year and their youngest child, uh, was, I don't know, two or three at the most. He doesn't remember his father at all, but he has grown up to be like the spitting image of his father, including the way he walks and the way he talks. And he was way too young to remember um, and stuff, but then he even has like same of uh, the the same favorite foods and stuff like that. And it's just like he is so he is so his father. And like I said, it's been you know his father passed away when he was two. So it's it's funny how we think that some things aren't genetically or environmentally passed down, and you just never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't. You never know. <laughs> so well, I'm so excited that you're going to have a baby. I hope that uh, for those of you that don't know. Um, <laughs> they know now. <laughs> they 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 know now. And Dr. Angie and I know for uh, each other from a networking group with uh, Linda Nella with Vitas and Tracy Youngstrom on Tuesdays. Um, we have a group, group that mm-hmm. gets together that talks about um, different stuff regarding seniors. And so that's how we know each other. And I had no idea, so I'm very excited for you. That's that's uh, you. that's quite wonderful. When Thank is you. actually your due date? So we're uh, going in on Easter Sunday. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's April 5th this year or something it's like the that? It's the 4th. Mm-hmm. Four, fourth. Fourth. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was close. I was close. Yeah. All right. Maybe you'll go into labor early and go into labor like on my birthday, which is March 23rd. No, that's not going to happen because that's way <laughs> too early. And I'm hoping that my son, who will be six on 331, he'll have his okay. special day with his mother and family. With you know, and, and all the attention will be on, yeah. all the attention will be on him, right? So let's just get through his sixth birthday, and then after all that, right. whatever. All <laughs> right, I will un- special day. All right, I will unselfishly take back my wish for that. Then no, okay. I want him to have a special day. <laughs> do you know what you're having? We do not. It's a total surprise. Oh, I cannot wait to find out. You're gonna have to let me. We know. already have two sons, so this is this is going to be an epic surprise because everybody, of course, wants it to be a girl because we already have two boys. But you know, I'm I I will be totally fine either way, happy either way, just healthy for both of us, and that's all that matters. 
I think that's what my parents said. They had two boys, and then it was like, okay, we can't quit until we have a girl. And luckily, no, we're luckily not doing the third, it. Luckily, the third one was a girl, so they were able to stop then and there. But Well, this is stopping, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> the train has come into the station, huh? Yes, yes. We have other things to, to get done in this life, <laughs> including helping our seniors. Helping our seniors as best we can. Yeah, you know, there's just, you know, making sure that seniors are heard and making sure that we're listening to what they're saying and, mm -hmm. and being able to know, you know, if they're complaining about a pain or something, addressing that, or if they're complaining about just being lonesome or whatever, you know, we think, oh, people, you know, seniors are, are you know, 75 years old sitting in nursing home you know, paying their depends, you know, and it's just kind of like, well, no, seniors, a lot of seniors are 70s, the new 50 and stuff. But when stuff starts happening as you get older and people aren't listening to them because they do live alone and stuff like that, um, it can be detrimental and it can be um, deliberative, you know, as far as uh, doing that. So make sure that if uh, you're out there in the communities and you've got a senior neighbor or uh, a friend that lives across town or whatever, just check in a parent, you know, every once in a while, how are you? Is, is there anything that anybody can do to help you and whatnot? Because um, they can't get out. They can't, you know, they are getting out. They're getting immunized, immunized, immune, vaccinated and stuff like that. But they, um, you know, we're not there yet. We still all have to be careful with them and stuff. And so just kind of just give everybody a phone call that, you know, and just say, Hey, you know, how are you? Right. Because sometimes they just want to talk. Right. Like me. Yeah. No, no, I, we shouldn't take for granted that we all inevitably will be older and older adults and we don't know what needs we will have. And so right. I, I really, it matters to me to kind of live by that creed of treating others as you would want to be treated and, realizing that, you know, what I put out into the universe for the care and compassion that I have for this vulnerable population, you know, I, I will be in their shoes one day. And um, I just feel like uh, how we treat them is we have to think about that. How will we want our future selves to be treated? Yeah. It's all about teaching the, the millennials and the younger people right now um, to, to respect and to honor elders um, and you know, I, I work with some 30 year olds, uh, that don't really understand seniors. And so I try to step in and be like, especially like when it's like designing my web pages or, or doing some of the services that we do. Mm -hmm. And it's like teaching them to understand, Hey, you know, that that's not the case. They see senior citizens as people that are just sitting in senior homes. They don't realize that senior citizens these days are hip and out there doing active okay. stuff yeah. and being yeah. engaged. And because of that in your arena, you know, they can easily, you know, it's easier to get hurt as you get older. Mm -hmm. So doing the, like, being out there, being hip and being um, active and exercising, riding bikes, swimming, whatever it is that you do are into, that they're doing that. But um, just kind of understanding that not all seniors are what people envision them when you say senior citizen. Right. I just, that's why I just, I just, I always stick with older adult because some seniors don't want to accept or, or feel like they're getting, they're old, you know, and some people that are younger, as far as the chronological age have conditions that would, you would associate them as being old. So I just, I don't say senior so much. I just keep it at older adults. So it well, is 
you know, yeah. a bigger I was population reading, of people that have those types of issues. I was reading an article the other day and it was kind of like, we were looking for words to describe seniors that wasn't saying senior citizen. Yes. So, you know, our name is the hip senior. Mm -hmm. And so this article was saying that senior is okay, but senior citizen is yeah. not okay. Uh -huh. um, boomer is okay oh but yeah baby boomer. boomer is not because the boomers aren't babies anymore you know right. and stuff like that and i think america has really a stigma that um mm -hmm. anytime you refer to somebody as a senior that you know it's old and decrepit type of of behavior and it's really not you know 50 is the new 30 70 is the new 50 people are out there being active and engaged with their grandchildren or right. playing sports themselves or, or going on trips when we can get back into that and stuff like that um, and we're with, because of great healthcare and everything else in, in the world compared to even 50, 30, 40, 50 years ago, people are living longer and right. they're being more active doing that. So, um, you know, part of my thing is just wanting to change the narrative around senior citizens and how mm -hmm. we talk about them and how the, especially the, the younger groups, uh, see them mm -hmm. so, and think about them. Because they're going to be the ones taking care of us. We have to change this narrative. That's right. That's right. That so, well, Dr. Angie, thank you so much for, for being welcome, on our show. And uh, I, like I said, my hat off to you. Um, so many applauds towards you. First of all, congratulations on the baby. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> and and, and I, I wish you all the best with that. And happy birthday to your son coming up. He's a fellow Aries like me. So, yeah. yay. Um, and then, uh, thank you for everything that you do for seniors out thank there because, uh, it's just so needed. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. And so if somebody wants to do, uh, have you come out and, and, and work with them, how do they get in touch with you? I have my company website is, um, www.senioritywc.com. So it's, um, fully loaded with all the information and how to reach me by phone, email, or fax. Okay. Uh, I'm also on Facebook at Seniority Wellness and Instagram at Seniority Wellness. So, um, and on Google. Um, so not hard to find me. Um, email is info at senioritywc.com. All right. I will put that all in the notes for the podcast. So if you didn't get a chance to write it down, uh, you can just refer back to uh, the notes about the show and all of our information will be on there. And um, I definitely encourage everybody to, if you're in the, so you're in in Cincinnati proper, right? You're in the. I'm central. I'm right in the belt, under the belt central. So going east, west, north or south. I, if I can get okay. to you in 30 minutes, I'm coming. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, like I said, if you're in the Cincinnati area, reach out to her and uh, get your physical therapy on. I'll talk to you guys soon. Everybody have a great day. Don't forget to head over to thehipsenior.com for articles, information, uh, shopping on our directory, and listening to our podcast. Have a great day. Welcome to the Hip Senior Podcast, hosted by Marianne Bailey. Each week we sit down with seniors age 55 and up to share stories that will inspire you to live your life to the fullest. Plus, information on the latest services that will allow you to make your golden years into platinum years. So, grab your cup of joe, sit back, and get inspired.